Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek, and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing, and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Today is a very calming and serene and just beautiful little experience, just a hop, skip, and a jumper out of Des Moines um, over in Norwalk, Iowa. I am today with Carrie Rose, who is the Chief Inspiration Officer at Rose Farm. Carrie, thank you so much for having me here at your beautiful location. Thank you. I'm yes. so honored that you chose me today. Of course. Yes. We are so elated that you decided to um, be a part of this with us. Uh, we, we just such a interesting and unique um, business idea that is really evolving. Yeah. Thank you. So we are very excited. Uh, if you could just to get started, um, Tell us a little bit about exactly what Rose Farm is and how you got here. Yeah, sure. Well, Rose Farm, what the dream really started in 2018. So the end of 2017, a realignment to my role with a company that I loved and I had worked for for so long changed. And so with that, I had to decide, do I stay in what I know or do I step out and dream big and do something different? So it really took me quite some time to get to where I am today. So in 2018, I started dreaming of what that might look like and the things that I wanted to do here. And we've evolved. I'd say we've really grown organically in the last 15 months to where we are. So we're a boutique flower farm uh, here at on 25 acres, and we love to celebrate anything in your life. So. We're a boutique flower farm with a celebration venue. Yeah, yeah. that's such a yeah, beautiful way of describing exactly what it is. If you have never been here before, well, first of all, you should definitely try to visit, especially during the fall season, because fall is always such a beautiful time to go to an outdoor yeah. experience. But there are multiple flower gardens and a greenhouse little space and um, this, this event space, which is um, all very, very well done. And it just, you, as I was describing to Carrie before we jumped on here, you turn the corner and it's just like you just, you just feel like you're in a different place. It, it feels um, very calming and very peaceful and uh, it's it's just, it's a good experience. I really have enjoyed being here. Well, thank you. I want you to feel that way. I want you to hit the drive and forget that you own a cell phone or that you have any worries in the world that you take a sabbatical and you come here and enjoy just the beautiful scenery here at the farm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a beautiful place. Um, if you could tell us a little bit more about, um, what all the farm is offering right now for, um, you know, for the average, you know, local person, somebody that may be listening right now as well. Um, what are you all about? What do you hold here? Okay, I'd love to tell you that. So here at the property or at the farm, 
we are growing over 49 varieties of flowers that we will have flowers until our first freeze here at the farm. We're open Friday and Saturday, nine to one, and Sunday, one to four. On Saturday mornings, we have sunrise yoga with Power Life, which has been on a bucket list for me for yeah, two years. So cool. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to have them. We get to watch the sunrise and do yoga together and just ground ourselves in what the day is going to bring. And then the farm opens, uh, and we're open till one that day. And then on Sunday, we have live music, and we have the Crafty Cocktail Camper. We offer mocktails here at the farm. <laughs> so really, we're just a place to build community. We love for you to bring your children, your families, come have a picnic, hang out, enjoy the fresh air. And, and as you mentioned, fall really is the most beautiful time of year. We love it. And we offer bouquets. So we, um, outside of doing... Um, open markets. We also, you can buy flowers, you can pick a bucket of flowers. So we love for you to have an experience too. That's great. Yeah, it's such a, it is, it's, it's just such a fun, warm little feeling um, getting to do something like this and, you know, a great activity, especially during these crazy times we're in where there's so many things that you can't go and do right now. Yeah. And so um, it's a nice little escape for sure. Mm -hmm. In general, you know, your road to where this is right now has been, you know, has really just organically happened, really mm -hmm. um, getting to this the stage of where things are now with how things are and everything like that. How has going through this worldwide pandemic, how has that adjusted your business model in a business that is in the very early stages of, of its life. Yeah. Well, it has been, um, for us here at the farm, it has been the busiest time of year for us. And I think because people can get out and they feel safe out here mm -hmm. in the outdoor air, they can bring their kids and they can go to farm school and they can have activities that are not happening in most places. So originally, we wanted to do a and b here on our farm, and we started to build a business plan and went out to Texas Hill Country and spent time with this gentleman and really thought that that was the, the way in which the farm was going to grow, and then that didn't happen. And then um, after that, we had the architect that drew our home, draw the plans for the retreat at Rose Farm. We started building a business plan around that, and that would be a place that we could build community and you could rent space and you could take a workshop and hear a lecture and we would have a little market inside that you could buy our beautiful flowers that we grow. And in January, we almost put down half of our money to start building that beautiful retreat. And something just said to my husband and I, stand still, don't do it. And we did it, thank goodness. <laughs> and so with that, it evolved for us into taking my husband's woodworking workshop and really just building this beautiful space that's turned into the shop at Rose Farm. And now we're offering a lot of those things that were in our business plan in the beginning in a different way. So we offer workshops and lectures. We rent the farm by the hour. We love to celebrate anything in your life. So for us, COVID has really pushed people to the farm uh, to have just a different kind of experience when they can't get out and go most places. Yeah, that's a really 
you know, it's it's uh, obviously really difficult when things don't go as they have planned, but in general with anything and in small business in particular and right now in the world, we have to be able to be flexible and moldable, right? Yeah. Um, another thing that uh, you have mentioned to me that you do here that is near and dear to my heart is anything to do with kids and education. Yes. So can <laughs> you tell us a little bit about um, what kind of an experience kids can have here? Yeah, I would love to. So we offer farm school. So last year, my husband and I offered farm school to large groups. So I went through the Master Gardening program through Iowa State, and I needed to complete 40 hours of volunteer to be able to move to that master level. So instead of volunteering and weeding people's gardens, <laughs> I developed farm school curriculum. So oh, last smart. year, yeah, and I loved it. So last year was our first time to offer farm school. Again, we did it large groups, anywhere from 30 kids to I think our largest group was 55, and it was wonderful. But I also knew that this year, I wouldn't have the time to offer farm school in a three-hour module with growing 49 varieties of flowers. Sure. So we actually had an intern from Iowa State. Her name is Anna Bruin, and she's studying horticulture and agronomy. So she joined our team for the summer. She took a lot of my ideas, and then she made it even better. So we offered it as a drop-in. It was complimentary to all of our guests of the farm. It was every Friday, every hour on the hour. And it was wonderful because one week she would do pollinators on the farm. Mm -hmm. The next week would be flower farming. The kids would have a snack. They would hear a story. They had all these little interactive modules and then they got to do a craft. Our last farm school, we had over 100 kids attend. Um, and it is one of my most favorite things that we get to do here at the farm. Yeah, that's a super fun thing to get to do for sure. Uh, and I'm sure the kids just absolutely love it as do the adults. <laughs> yeah, I think adults loved it as much as, yeah, as kids. Sure. And, yeah. and people would say to us, do you think that you'll offer an adult farm school? I'm like, well, farm school really is for any age, any level. You can always learn something that maybe you didn't know before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We offered all of our workshops for kids outdoors, so it was great. People could come and bring a blanket or chairs and just space as they felt comfortable and let their kids have a great experience. And we had so many parents, grandparents, nannies come up and say, thank you. Thank you for offering something that we can do, that we can get out of the city, we can have an experience on the farm. The kids get to learn something new they didn't know. Um, so next year we hope to do that again. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm really glad that that's something that has evolved. And, you know, it's always meaningful to have those really unique, different experiences for, for kids and adults and everyone, all those learning experiences yeah. that we can have in different ways. How in the world with an idea like this? So... Um, I'm going to build these gardens and then we're going to do this and we're going to, you know, potentially build this retreat and we're going to have this space for small groups of people and um, create this really wonderful experience for people to come out. How do you take that from an idea to being able to really implement it? I know that, you know, people that are potentially listening that maybe have these big ideas or big dreams that, you know, they think are just a little too, maybe they're too different or um, too big or whatever it mm -hmm. happens to be. 
I guess this is going to be a really loaded question, but how, how did you get here? How yeah. did you, you know, make it happen? And then second, what advice would you give to other people that are in that same boat? Yeah, I say my best advice is chase it and chase that dream as hard as you can. And don't let anyone ever tell you that you're too old to chase a new dream, which is the best advice my father gave me when I decided that it was time to move on from a company that I loved for so long, my mm -hmm. entire adult life, um, 21 years I spent at that company. Yeah. And so I, I think in the ways in which things evolve and come together when you have an idea is you need a great tribe of people. Mm -hmm. So for me, I journal, I pray about things, I am a knowledge seeker. So I, when I was doing market research, I would call people who were featured in Southern Living Magazine. I called the gentleman that owned that five-star B&B in Texas Hill Country and asked if I could come down and spend a day with him. Mm. And I think sometimes people have great ideas or they have dreams, but they don't really know what is even that first step to take. So for me, the first step was starting to journal about what, what it is. What are the things that are in my wheelhouse? What do I love to do? Um, and then who's going to help me come alongside me and help this dream come to life? So my husband has been there every step of the way and seen me at my best and my worst <laughs> as I've gone through this transition. Because as I mentioned, I left my company the end of 2017, and then I just took a sabbatical. Nothing. I, I had worked my entire adult life, so I just wanted to breathe and take a time out and figure out what was next. What I was clear about is I didn't want to go back into what I knew. I didn't want to run another sales team. I didn't want to go work for another large company. I really wanted to do something here at the farm. What that was, I was unsure. Mm -hmm. So one day in February, I was looking out my back window. It was a snowy February day. And I thought, I could grow some flowers here at the farm. So with that being said, I started to build a business plan off of some things I thought might work here at the farm, but it has remained very fluid and it has changed multiple times. So I would say for anyone who's wanting to chase a dream, don't be so set on how it has to be because it might evolve, in my case, into something so beautiful and so different than I originally planned. There's not a B&B on my farm. There's not a retreat on my farm. But I'm growing some flowers, and I'm growing some <laughs> flowers at a pretty big scale. I'm building community. I'm offering workshops and lectures, and I'm renting my farm to people who want to celebrate in any which way that they want. Um, so my advice for those dream seekers is find people who know more than you. Ask a million questions. I actually um, I conducted three focus groups. And they were all very different uh, age groups, demographics. Some worked, some didn't work. They all did something a little different. And I asked them a lot of questions about the things that I thought I wanted to do. And then I also opened it up for what is Du Bois not offering? When you've traveled, what have you seen? What have you experienced? What is, what is that thing that I could do here that you've always wanted to do? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's a lot of really great advice. I think that particularly, yeah, just being a really good listener to 
those you're researching and not being afraid to pick up the phone and and call somebody that's you know really people want to help right absolutely always want to help so being able to just take that step and be like hey I want to do this thing or I think I have this idea would you be willing to spend some time with me I don't know very many people that are going to say no but I I think we always forget that I agree I think sometimes we're too scared yeah we're too scared and sometimes I think we are also so um set on the way in which we think this our business is going to evolve that sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't want to listen to other people for me I wanted to hear everything from everyone and this lady that I found in Southern Living Magazine I could see myself with her business model in five to ten years and I sent her an email and she called me. Wow. I mean, yeah. she didn't have to take an hour out of her day. And then this past October, I went down to Birmingham, Alabama, and I toured all of her um, retail stores. She's a flower farmer as well. So um, you know, people are willing to help. And I think about how my business has evolved. It certainly did not come to this without the people that helped me get here, not just my husband, but our kids who have planted and weeded and helped with events. And mm-hmm. um, I have a creative writer on my team. I have, um, we call it the style maven. She helps me style the greenhouse. She helps me with weddings. So I have a whole group of people who've come alongside me. I have some dear friends down in New Orleans, Louisiana, that did all my branding. Um, my friend Carrie Coppola, who owns Blue Compass, Um, he built my website that's gorgeous. So none of those things happened by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of really good people in your court for sure. It's a really good uh, circle of all different kinds of skill sets. But yeah, I think that a lot of what also comes through all of that is that like certainly what you're doing here is first of all, planting flowers is hard and keeping them alive. So first of all, that is one thing. It's true. (laughs) But then in addition to that, um, you're doing a lot more than that to be able to get this to where it is and continuing to, continuing to grow, obviously, hugely. On the, uh, another note, kind of similar to that. So in getting to uh, where you're at now, which the growth mode is, you know, you're just at the very beginning for sure of wherever that growth is going to go. But how are you gaining traction and getting in the marketplace? And, you know, it seems like more and more people that I run into and talk to know what Rose Farm is or have been here or want to come here or whatever. (laughs) And so so that's always fun stuff too. Um, But so like, how is that word spreading? Because really, you know, we're, we're not the storefront you're walking by, right? There's, it's a, different business so how how is that happening yeah and I knew that was going to be really hard yeah because I'm a destination I'm not in the city last year was my first year to grow flowers and I went to every market that would let me come (laughs) and sell flowers I went to Valley Junction Norwalk Middlebrook and then this year I planned to go to the downtown farmers market and of course there's no market so I would say the way in which we've really gained traction is we have the greatest guest at our farm ever. I don't even know how I deserve them in my life. They share, they post, they are my biggest cheerleaders, and they just have really helped us be where we are today. Very organic. We've not paid for any followers. We're almost 
at 5,000 Instagram followers as of this week, and we've been a brand for 15 months, which I think is remarkable. Yeah. Um, Home and Garden certainly has helped us. Uh, we spoke there in January. Midwest Living Magazine published us this month, and I've kind of joked, but I'm serious. They've had the Oprah effect on us. Um, <laughs> we've seen a huge uh, uptick from them. I would say Christine Eady is a big piece of that, too. She's my creative writer, and she's just so fun to... You just want to read what she has to say. She does our newsletters, and uh, she's written a lot of what you see on the website. So I, I think it's been just a whole host of people who've come alongside me to help me, to help the farm get to where they are today. When people come, they want to always be photographed in front of this cute little greenhouse that my husband built. Absolutely. And then they want to share it with everyone they know. Yeah. We, we kind of joke that we're mo more known for the greenhouse and our flowers, <laughs> and that's okay. So last year, when the markets died off, I actually opened the farm in the fall. That was really our first time to have anyone come here to the farm. And I had photographers ask me, would you ever let me rent your space? And so, yes, I will. So we started having photographers, and then we transitioned from fall to winter on the farm. We had 48 photographers in 45 days shoot 60 sessions out here. And so that really has helped us gain traction as well, because when guests come here, they're like, I didn't even know about Rose Farm. Mm -hmm. And we love photographers. We love for them to shoot all those celebrations uh, for people. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great organic marketing, and it's certainly a great landscape for it. If you see a, right now, if you're on any level of social media and you see a little picture of a cute little greenhouse <laughs> with a bunch of bum pumpkins around it, I bet that throws far yep. because that, that is, uh, you know, it's, it's a frequent picture. I feel like it's a s staple right now yeah. <laughs> on all the social media platforms, but it's no pressure. Sure. Yeah, and no pressure for winter to be better than last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I already have so many people booking the farm, and they're like, when are you going to turn it to winter? What is it going to look like? I don't know. I can only move in one season. Oh, man, so, yeah. yeah. Um, How Ali fun to creatively plan for. Absolutely. So yeah. Ali Coppola and I uh, yes. staged the, the fall, and then Christine Eady, uh, myself and Ali, probably Jordan Sepker, there'll be a whole host of us that will do the winter. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a fun little creative additional piece of the whole puzzle here mm -hmm. of, of all the things that are going on. In your research of, uh, you know, the idea of the retreat, because I think that is such a unique idea too. And if it does or doesn't happen or whatever it ends up, you know, being is beyond us at this point. But the yeah. idea is really fun. I can't think of another, uh, and I might be wrong, but I can't think of any sort of retreat kind of experience directly in Des Moines. How did you, how, how did that become the next idea after the B&B? &B? Well, I think it's just my Southern hospitality. Sure. I love people. Yeah. I love to host people at yeah. my farm. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm mm -hmm. a knowledge seeker. And I love to take classes. I love to know more. And I like buildable skill type of classes, not just a one and done. So I started to think about if I'm going to build community mm -hmm. and we're going to offer workshops and lectures, how will that be? And honestly, I still wanted a team yeah. because I came from a team. I was a sales rep, then a director, then an executive. And I always loved being around people. 
And I knew if I was going to start my own company here at the farm, I don't want to do that alone. So if I had educators and that kind of feels my my team bucket, if you will. Mm-hmm. So with the retreat, that's really how it evolved. I could visually see it here at the farm. I can still see it. I don't know if it will happen. We'll see how things transition with COVID and if we ever get back to normal, if norm, whatever normal is mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. But I wanted to also have a place where you could celebrate and we didn't have to wait till you get married. I mean, I'm 25 years down the road. <laughs> I, I love to celebrate everything for everyone. And so that's really how the retreat came to be. If we could be a place of celebration, we could be a place that you could come and take a workshop and hear a lecture that also gives a platform to people that maybe they don't have a brick and mortar store. Maybe they have a place on Etsy. Maybe they have a virtual model. Maybe they're simply just online, but they have a gift that they want to share. And there are six people on my team that teach here at the farm, and we all do something a bit different, and they are all so, so lovely and so brilliant and have so much talent. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I would agree with that. And especially in, you know, COVID environment in general, I think a lot of us, me very much included in this, really felt that disconnect when we were all of a sudden all secluded independently and isolated and not having that community environment, both on a personal level, but then also on a work level. So especially going from that team environment whether corporate or not, whatever it happens to be, to then trying to do something completely on your own. I think that people often lose sight of that where you're going on your own, but really you, you're you still, whether or not they're working for you or not, like you need that community and that energy and that, mm-hmm. you know, that feedback and all of that. So I think that's super important and good awareness, really. Yeah. Well, uh, so many of our workshops are sold out. And yeah. that's what we hear from the guest at the farm. Yeah. We, we want to do something. We're not meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. I don't think as a human race we're meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. People do crave um, community. They, they crave interaction. Mm-hmm. People want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And that's the only way I can explain my brilliant team of people who are not in paid positions. They all contribute to this farm in different ways. Um, and we have the best time doing it. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, it's awesome. Um, What uh, would you say, and this is how I'm really just attempting to wrap up everyone, um, even though right now is such a hard time to look forward. The retreat is obviously a potential goal that may or may not you know, we'll just kind of see where things go and we'll all be on your team for sure as as that goes forward. (laughs) But um, what great things are to come here that are upcoming for you? Well, I think so much. First of all, so many great things are happening right now. As our first, I mean, we just opened this space in June and the farm has been so busy and we hope to continue with workshops and lectures through the winter And then next year, uh, we have a lot of really great things planned for the farm. We're building a pond here. We'll grow even more flowers than we grew this year, which we grew triple the amount we grew last year. So it's been really, this is our second season of growing. Um, And we'll just continue to enjoy this ride because it has been more than I ever dreamt possible. Yeah. 
I love how much um, this is just a joy-driven experience in business. So I loved being a guest here and I really, really appreciate your time and for you to share your story with all of us. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure and my honor to be a part of this today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for choosing me. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa. Small businesses. Doing big things.